Welcome to the first episode of Season 4. In the first season, I took you through the eight laws of trust. In the second season, I took you through the six components of being trustworthy. And in the third season, I took you through a seven-step process that I call Trust Habits that would help you form habits that will make you more trustworthy. Starting with this season, every episode is going to be a standalone episode where I'll talk about a topic from the perspective of that Trust Habits model. In this first episode, I'll talk about procrastination. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I think you'll be surprised by my answer. Stay with me. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm your host, Yoram Solomon, a researcher of trust and the author of The Book of Trust. In this podcast, I will share with you everything that I know and discovered about trust. I will challenge you to think differently about trust. But not only will I teach you about trust, I will also give you actionable advice on how to build trust, be trusted, and know who to trust. It's almost like I'm reading the book of trust to you, but with no holding back and no BS. As usual, I'm going to start with a story. I teach class at the Graduate School of Business at SMU, and I typically give my assignments Wednesday night, and they are due the following Tuesday at 11.59 p.m. Well, I get notified uh, through my phone and, and the app where those assignments are being submitted that they're being submitted after 11 p.m., the night that they're due. So with less than 59 minutes, less than an hour left to the deadline is when my students submit their assignments. Sometimes it's two hours. Why? Well, I refer to them, and, and you would probably refer to them as procrastinators. And we typically think of procrastinators or procrastination as a bad thing. But is it? And, and I'm going to answer this question in this episode. Should you trust a procrastinator? You know, a very famous speaker was procrastinating until the very last minute in writing his speech. And in fact, he went on stage without having the entire speech written down. He was a procrastinator. Only when he got on stage... He added four more words to his speech. He actually decided what the last four words of his speech, the first four words of his speech, are going to be. And those four words were, I have a dream. Yes, exactly. You know who I'm talking about. So is it necessarily bad to be a procrastinator? Should you not trust someone who is a procrastinator? In this episode, I'm going to talk about the good, the bad of being procrastination, procrastinators, and how can you tell which you should choose? And finally, the main topic, the main question of this podcast episode, should you trust a procrastinator? Should you be trusted if you are a procrastinator? <music> 
And since typically we use the word procrastination or, or procrastinators as, as a bad word, then let's talk about the bad associated with procrastination. First of all, if you wait until the last minute and at the last minute you find that you need more information to be able to do whatever it is, whatever your task was, and there's just not enough time because guess what? You wait in, until 11 p.m. The assignment is due 11.59 p.m. And now you find that you need more information. Well, you don't have enough time and that's bad because that means that the quality of your work is not going to be as good as it was or would have been if you had all that information. Sometimes when you procrastinate, at the end, you're going to find out that it's just too late to do something. You thought, we're not talking about the assignment, you thought that it was going to be much faster. And as it turns out, it's going to take longer. You left only one hour to work on something and now you find that it's going to take longer. Well, that's bad because that means that you're not going to finish your task by the deadline. A third reason why procrastination is bad is because for some people, not all people, but for some people, many people, it causes stress. When you're getting against the deadline, it stresses you out. And when you're stressed out, the quality of your work may suffer because you're not going to be as good as you are if you did not have as much stress. Again, that's true for some people, not all the people. A fourth reason why procrastination is bad. Life happens. You know how it is. You didn't plan on something happening, and then life happened. And then all of a sudden you have to deal with something else that takes priority, that's very important, and it has to be dealt with right now. That means that you're going, not going to finish your task on time because all of a sudden it became a second priority. And even though it's only a second priority, it might still be important. And finally... When any of those happens, you need information and you don't have enough time for the information. It's too late to do it. It's going to take longer than you thought or originally thought it was going to take. You're stressed and so the quality of your work suffers. Life happens and all of a sudden you can't finish the task. The fifth thing is the consequences of not finishing it or not doing a good quality or not having all the information, those consequences are negative because obviously the quality of your work is not as much as it was or would have been if you did not procrastinate. Those are all reasons why procrastination is bad. Now let's look at why it's good. The more it takes you to finish that task, the higher the probability that you're going to get better ideas. You're going to get more ideas. To me, when I analyzed the process of creativity, one of the factors that affect the quality or, or how creative you are is how many ideas do you process that can combine and create new ideas. Well, the more you wait, the longer you wait the higher the probability that you're going to get some great ideas. You can also get some better alternatives. Sometimes 
the task that, that, that you're procrastinating with is making a decision over something. And the longer you wait, the more alternatives can pop into your head. You may be choosing between two alternatives, but the longer you think about that, a third, maybe a fourth or a fifth or more alternatives can come into your head. You may get new information. Information that was just not available to you when you started working on this task. And if your focus was to finish that task as quickly as possible, you would just not have that information because it came in later. Another thing, again, back to the process of creativity, is that ideas sometimes, most of the time, need to incubate, percolate in your head, in your brain. And the faster you work and, and get to the finish line with the task, the less time you have for your ideas to incubate. So it's one thing to come up with, I think this is what I'm going to do. I think this is what the task is going to be. I think this is what my decision is going to be. But then not committed yet, not commit to it or not commit it to writing or, or computer entry. But just keep on thinking about that. Let it incubate. Think about that decision that you have tentatively made. And maybe after in some incubation, you're going to change your mind. The longer you wait, the more people you can ask. You, you can consult with other people. You can use other people as sounding boards. And the longer you wait, the longer time, the more time you spend on it, the more people you can ask. Projects sometimes get canceled. I can't tell you how many times I, I didn't start working on something and then it got canceled. And boy, was I happy that I didn't start working on it just to see it canceled. It can be pretty frustrating that you have worked on something and it got canceled. But, but other than being frustrating, it's also a bad use of your time. So maybe we wait a little and uh, see if the project gets canceled. Something else, it, it may not get canceled, but it may change. Sometimes things change. You know how it is that you start working on something and then the requirements change? Then maybe we wait a little longer before we commit to work on it, before we spend the bulk of the time working on this project and see if some things have changed. So these are seven reasons why procrastination is a good thing, not a bad thing. You can get more ideas. You can come up with better alternatives. Get new information that was not available when you started. Let the ideas incubate in your head. Have more people to ask or use the sounding boards. Be prepared for whether the project get canceled. Don't spend all your time finishing it to find that it was canceled. And be ready for maybe things will change. So procrastination can be good. Procrastination can be bad. How do you decide whether to procrastinate or not? How can you tell if it's going to be good or bad? To decide if you should procrastinate or not, and if it's good or bad, the first question to ask is, does it stress you out? When, when you're getting close against a, a deadline, 
do you get stressed if you do then don't procrastinate finish your task with enough time before the deadline ask yourself do you have everything you need do you have all the information you need do you know the scope of the work and you know how long it's going to take so it, it is a good idea to start thinking about it at the beginning and make a list of all the information all the people that you need to ask how long do you expect this to take before you make that decision of whether you should procrastinate or not because if you find that you just don't have enough time as it is to finish this task then you probably don't want to waste any time and don't want to procrastinate. But if you think that this is a task that's going to take you not more than two hours, and I'll tell you one thing, my students, as procrastinators as they are, submitting their assignments at 11 p.m., they don't miss the assignments. If they miss the assignments, they don't miss submitting it by like a few minutes because it took just a few minutes longer or a few hours longer. If they miss it, it, they miss it by like days because they missed what the deadline was. But that's not what I'm talking about. So assess how long it's going to take. And if you have all the information and all the people required, all the resources required to finish it, then ask yourself, what is the probability of me having more ideas or coming up with better alternatives if I waited? And you know yourself. I, I don't know you. I, I, I know myself. I know that the longer I wait, the higher the probability that I have more ideas. So I try not to commit to a decision or to close the list of ideas and alternatives until as late as possible. But you need to ask yourself, what is the probability of that happening to you? That if you wait, you're going to get more ideas or better alternatives. Then ask yourself, what is the probability of life happening, of something more urgent happening that would prevent you from finishing this task? If there is a good likelihood of something urgent happening, then maybe you want to finish this task and make sure that it doesn't all of a sudden become a second priority and doesn't get finished. If you look at the deadline and think, you know, the probability of something urgent happening is really, really, really low, then it's easier to say, let's procrastinate, let's wait, let's benefit from the positives, the advantages, the pros of procrastination. The last question to ask is, what is the impact of missing the deadline? If the impact is not too bad, if you know it's not that bad that, that you missed that deadline, then factor that in when you decide whether you procrastinate or not. So again, back to my students. My rules in my class is you miss it 11.59 Tuesday p.m. If you missed it by one minute, if the system where you submitted says that you missed it by one minute, you get a zero, not a 90. I don't take off 10 points or 20 points or 30 points. I take out all the points. You get zero. So this is a big impact on missing a deadline. Other professors might say, you missed the deadline by up to one day, I'm going to take off 10%. You know what? That's valid. But that means that there is a lower impact of missing that deadline. 
By the way, the reason that I do that, that I give a zero, is because I do want to have the opportunity Wednesday morning to go over those assignments so that Wednesday night in the next class, I will actually be able to give feedback to the entire classroom. But this doesn't have to be a binary decision. I procrastinate, which means I do nothing at the beginning, I do everything at the end, or I don't procrastinate, I do everything at the beginning, I close the task, and then I don't have anything to do until the deadline. Or, obviously, I have other things to do. Here is a suggestion. Here is one thing to do. Do it in two steps. The first step, and, and this is often, this is what I do. In the first step, I kind of finish, you know, what I would call, call a minimum viable product. I finish something that's good enough that, that if life happened, if something urgent happened and all of a sudden I can't do anything about it, I will have something ready. So I do a lot of that with presentations, even, even the presentations that I give in my own classroom uh, that, where I teach. I prepare something if everything, if, if all of a sudden I don't have time to finish it, to do a, a really good job, then I have something, not nothing. The second thing is that I use that part to assess how long would it take to make it better? How much information do I need? Should I be asking somebody else? Only once I, I finish, I, I'll call it tentatively finish the task that I know what will I need to make it even better? But this way, when I leave it, I leave it good enough. Not perfect. It, it's never going to be perfect. It, it's probably not going to even be excellent, but good enough for me to pick it up later. So do it in two steps. That's one thing you can do that's kind of combined being a procrastinator with being the opposite of a procrastinator. Now, the next question is, should you trust a procrastinator? So, can you trust a procrastinator? And I know that the immediate answer that comes to mind, especially if you're not a procrastinator, but even if you are, you look at yourself in a bad light and you go, no, procrastinators should not be trusted. Well, I should be trusted, but, but procrastinators in general should not be trusted. And the answer is... It depends. And, and the reason it depends is going to take us to the component of personality compatibility. This is a component of the who you are group of components uh, that I covered in season two, episodes two and three. In order for me to trust you, we have to be, our, our personalities have to be compatible. But... For our personalities to be compatible, there is a wide range of elements uh, that start with universal good and bad. Well, procrastination does not feed into the universally good or bad. Nobody can universally say that procrastinators are good or bad. This falls into the side of the, the end of the scale that is personal. It's not universal, good or bad. It's personal, and it's just different. 
Some people are procrastinators, some are not. And hopefully up until now in this episode, I explained that being a procrastinator is can be good and can be bad. So it's not good or bad, it's just different. Different people are just different. So for those for being a procrastinator or not procrastinator, for those people to be trusted or not trusted by another person, it depends on what both people are on that dimension of being a procrastinator versus not. Somebody who stresses over deadlines will typically not trust the procrastinator. So I'm I'm going to the extreme. Somebody who really stresses over deadline. I mean, just imagine yourself stressing over deadlines and you're working with me and you rely on something that's coming from me. You trust me to deliver something to you that's part of what you need to deliver by the deadline. And I'm a procrastinator. I'm going to work on it at the last minute. Now, maybe because I'm working on it at the last minute, it's going to improve the quality of my task, of, of my deliverable. It's going to be better uh, in, in all kinds of, of perspectives. But will you trust me? Well, first of all, I'm kind of stressing you out by waiting to the last minute. So can you trust me that I have your best interest in mind? Maybe if I know that you stress over it, then I'm not going to or should not be a procrastinator, should not procrastinate and give you whatever you need with enough time just so that you don't stress. So you should probably not trust me. And and now if I'm stressing over deadlines, I would probably not trust you. The more of a control freak I am, the less I'm going to trust you if you procrastinate and you wait until the last minute, because then I feel that I don't have control over things. And for a control freak, that's a problem. By the way, how about the other direction? Let's say that you are a procrastinator yourself and I'm not. So you ask me, you give me a task My deliverable is part of your deliverable, but I'm not a procrastinator. As soon as you gave it to me, I spent immediately, I spent hours, maybe days, I finished it as soon as I could, and I delivered it to you. Will you trust me? Well, that's interesting. You would, wouldn't you? So a procrastinator finds it easier to trust someone who is the opposite then someone who's not a procrastinator and stresses over deadlines trusting a procrastinator because they won't and the first the first direction will and that kind of brings the third and fourth laws of trust which i covered in season 1 episode 5 that trust is personal that relationship whether you trust me or not based on our procrastination profile, if you will, it depends. It depends on how you are and it depends on how I am. Trust is personal. That's the third law of trust. But trust is also asymmetrical. That's the fourth law of trust, which means that a procrastinator will trust in a non-procrastinator, while a non-procrastinator would probably not trust a procrastinator.
And this takes us to the end of this first episode of the fourth season. So let me summarize it. Procrastination is a personal characteristic. It's neither good nor bad. It's not universal. There are good things about procrastination and there are bad things about procrastination. So we can't just determine that procrastination is bad or that it's good. For trust, we have to have personality compatibility. Procrastination is one of the more personal characteristics that are neither good nor bad because it is not universal. And also, the trust based on procrastination profile is asymmetrical. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it, write a review for this podcast, because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops at yoramsolomon.com workshops, online courses at trustedatwork.com, find my books on Amazon, or go to my website, yoramsolomon.com. And remember one thing, the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.